Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Oh, we've got a really great topic today. One of my uh, things, I guess I would call it, I'm really big on forgiveness. And my other thing is allowing your children to have a relationship with the grandparents, regardless of whether or not like you really get along that well. As long as they're great to the kids, make sure that they get to have that relationship. And Therapist Lisa, the topic is uh, eight best things about being close to a grandparent. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So therapist Lisa Dunning here, and also we have some grandparents. Walt Wilson with Private Pension by Design, my buddy, he is back. Hi, Walt. Hi. Good thank to have you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to have a male voice. <laughs> Robbie Yopes and Beatrice Bruno, authors and speakers joining us, and uh, the, you're both grandparents. Yes, ma'am. That's exciting. I am. You are. You are, and you're happy to talk about it. So we're going to talk about, you know, and I know Michelle Ron is a big fan of that learning from the older generation because mm-hmm. she had it's like mr finkelstein that lived next door and he'd sit on the step and wait for her to come home because her mom was at work and mr finkelstein would always go over like you know what was the best part of the day and what did you learn and this day and age we'd be like stay away from mr finkelstein he's yeah. weird you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah i know, know right you a know? lot more suspicion yeah like now when we were young and the door rang we're like company and now when the door rings you're like hi don't answer <laughs> you know? yeah it's so weird isn't it so um, I thought I'd start off with just a couple of good um, grandparent memories, and then I want to get into a good news story about a woman in her 80s who, uh, uh, when her purse was taken, she, uh, she set off on foot, and, uh, you know, she took, she took a chase. Good for yeah. her, right? It reminds me of my great aunt. She's down in Pueblo. And she was in her mid-80s when a guy tried to take her purse, and she grabbed, like, a bottle of Clorox and cracked him over the head. Well, Beatrice, right. you would do that, yes, wouldn't ma'am, you? Yes, I would. Yeah, I'd throw yeah. him down in the ground. Or Grandpa Eddie, my father-in-law, we even have the video. He was until recently, um, after he retired as a union president, he's like, well, I'm bored. I'm going to become a bailiff. And so some, like, teen suspect tried to take off, like an 18-, 19-year-old kid. Grandpa Eddie dove on him and held him down. That's and the I'm video was about. so funny because all of the attorneys in their suits, who are much younger, mm-hmm. all stood in a circle and watched well, <laughs> yeah yeah well he well, go grandpa eddie who's 73 now go grandpa he eddie on him. i am all for grandpa eddie's and the other oh, yeah. grandparents to do this however somebody in this room has to say don't do that and call the police and run inside and hide. But that's no fun. Right. Am I right? Somebody needs to say that. I would be running and hiding. Right. Grandpa but. Eddie says he'll never do it again. He said because it, it, what was hurt the most, bruised the most, was his ego. Mm-hmm. When in the paper they reported it was an assault of a senior citizen, uh, assault of an elderly person. He's like, really? They had to put oh that in the Lord. paper? No. Like That's what he got charged with, assault of an elderly person? Man. Grandpa's like, I'm not doing that again. It was embarrassing. Bless his heart. All right. So Beatrice, uh, in terms of the, you know the relationship you have with your grandparents, do you have you know fond memories or something that they taught you that really sticks out to you? Well, my grandpa, 
he died when I was 13, but before that time, um, when I was nine, he taught me how to drive the car, and I would go places with him that nobody else went, you know. And um, I remember this one instance, and I was five years old, and I'll never forget this. We had wood stoves in our home, and um, I fell on the wood stove, burned my neck. Ooh. But the thing I remember the most is he reached over and grabbed me real quick and put me in his arms, and I couldn't feel the pain. I just oh. felt his arm around me. Oh, and I just, I'll just always it. remember that. Yeah, he loved me, oh. you know, and so I will always remember that when he died. Like our was, Heavenly Father, he rescues come on, us girl. from pain all the time. Come on, preach that. <laughs> I see, that's what I'm talking about. He Hallelujah. Yes, yeah. he does. Real and that's tight, what daddy like a bear did. hug. Yeah. That's right. You know, and so when, when he passed when I was 13, you know, I missed that hug. I yeah. remember standing looking in his casket. I'm not trying to be morbid, but I remember looking in the casket and thinking to myself, I'll never feel those whiskers again. Aww. Because Aww. that British meant 13. a lot to me. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. and so, yeah, that was. Well, I'm telling you, my kids it. have really great grandparents, and I, I don't really have memories of grandparents being around. My, my grandma, she was kind of mean, like on her deathbed. She said, I didn't write you back when you sent those cards. It was nice of you. I should have written back, but you really have horrible penmanship. And so oh, I On her deathbed? Like, so I said, I'm on really and her deathbed she's wow. talking about my penmanship i'm like couldn't she be nice at the end you think you know? and so but with that said i am creating great memories for my kids there because you. they do have great grandparents mm -hmm. and even a couple of surrogates like charlene who's probably listening our cleaning slash uh, lady slash nanny who's been in their lives since the, basically they were babies Aww. so therapist lisa um, as we go around we'll share some more memories give us you know one of the um eight uh best things about being close to a grandparent that older generation because they have more time to love mm. now Definitely. And, and I think we lose sight of, you know, our grandparents have things to offer us, right? And teach us like Beatrice, you know, like you were saying. So it's more about, you know, maybe our grandmother can teach us how to cook. Or um, I, I wish I had this now where you talk to them about when they were younger and what did they do and it's just really nice to hear about it rather than reading about it in a history book or so you know so forth so I think it's really about forming that connection and not getting upset with them when they repeat the same stories over and over again that you might have heard or maybe they're not as fast as right. they once were but really enjoy sitting down next to them and sharing in their life of what they have to offer because as we all know our grandparents aren't forever so no. it's, you know i know you want to try to like like take it all in soak it all in as much as you can you know I I really try to get my kids to the grandparents as much as I can all right well what do you think about this topic because you just took care of your grandkids for quite <laughs> some time while their parents were out of the country right yeah we got to take care of uh, three of them for 40 days wow <laughs> so we're exhausted I learned that <laughs> I don't have the energy I used to have yeah. that's definitely definitely true but uh watching my wife uh, is an amazing woman uh, mm -hmm. who just nurtured those kids in spite of them being absent from their mother, she tried to fill that role. I mean, you never can, mm -hmm. but she was just there for them all the time, would read with them, play games with them. Unlike me, where I'd be selfish and go do my own thing, she was there for them all the time. Wow. And uh, it was just a great example of, of her giving heart uh, for her grandkids. Another thing I learned, uh, do not come between uh, a grandchild and a grandmother. In other words, she took, <laughs> really? a, she took him to a park one day and she was watching him and there was a guy, uh, an older guy, and she made an assumption, whether the assumption was right or wrong, 
the guy was kind of just cruising around on a little kid's bike, mm. an older person. Yeah. Scouting the park. There was a lot of people there, but mm. she really? said, you get close to my, my grandkids and you come, you're coming between me. So okay. the protective instincts is, I think, stronger for grandchildren than it was for our own wow. children. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. see that with my mother-in-law for sure. Yeah. She's really, really close to the kids. <laughs> All right. The, the therapist Lisa, give us another one of the uh, eight best things about being close to a grandparent. Okay, so the other thing is different from mom. She wants to make all of your dreams come true, right? Or they do. So they'll give you anything. They'll be so supportive. They're your great cheerleaders, you know. You, you can't you make them me? mad. My mother-in-law, like on Skype, where I'll be like, you see my new running shoes I got? <gasps> oh, my goodness. Those are beautiful. Are those those Nikki's? No, oh, Nike. No. Is it the Adidas? No, they're Adidas, Grandma. Oh, they are. Those are beautiful. <laughs> and then Faith might get like a star sticker for like good behavior. <gasps> you are finally getting recognized. I knew that since you were born. You were special. Right. I mean, right. she's so over the top excited. And they're just like, they expect that. Like, right. of course I'm this great. Of course I'm this fabulous. You know, Grandma D knows. She knows how great I am. And just the little, I think, I remember Oprah saying once, the love is in the details. Mm. And Grandma mm. D will not just send like a box for, let's say, Easter or Halloween or Christmas. It'll be a box with, like, individualized notepads with their names on it. A picture (laughs) frame from their last trip out that they can put on their wall. A picture with grandpa and a fish they caught. And it's, like, all these little things that, like, for maybe a month she's been shopping for them, having embroidered, like, a doll with their name on it. I mean, it's, like, the details. Their favorite Cheetos will be in there. She sends me, like, a a five-pound bag of pistachios because she knows I love them. (laughs) Riley gets beef jerky. Like, isn't that? funny like she knows the special things and she knows I hide the pistachios in my closet you know so the kids (laughs) won't eat them all and they laugh thinking of me hiding in my walk-in closet with a bag of pistachios so the kids won't eat them all because they get many more treats than I do so I love that I love that the love is in the details all right so Robbie Yopes um let's talk you're from the south I just know that you have great grandparent memories I know that like family love four kids it was all about cooking southern cooking hugs going to church together you are are so right well my favorite grandparent was granny oh i love granny and granny lived in cisco texas and we lived in van horn texas so we went and spent individually um a week with her all four of us no so on my weeks i think i started when i was nine and she died when i was 13 and my week it was absolutely wonderful because she'd play all the games i wanted to play and i really wanted to learn canasta and she taught me canasta, and I remember getting mad, and I threw all the cards off the table. And I remember she was like, she's shorter than you, if that's possible, Angie. Right, no, like Lisa, you mean. There was Lisa. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, tiny, tiny. Everybody <laughs> called her Cricket. Um, but us, we called her Granny. Well, she got up and looked at me, and she said, well, you're going to have a nice mess to clean up, and walked away. <laughs> so she taught me, and then when I was 12, she said, come with me, and we got into her car, and we went into the back roads, and she got out, and I said, what are you doing? She said, I want you to drive. All right, wow. So I learned how to drive. How old were you? 12. Yeah. I love that, wow. Granny. I learned how to drive when I was 12. And last thing is, I was uh, when she died, I had always asked, can I have the marbles inside this lantern, um, like a kerosene lantern? She had marbles in the bottom. Mm-hmm. I said, can I have the marbles? And she would say, no, I don't think so. Well, after she died, guess what I got? Aww. So I still have that Remembered. kerosene lamp and the marbles. Aww. All your marbles. Wow. 
Wow. That's well, where all the family That's where you're at. I have that's to tell awesome. you, and again, we're just talking about the importance of the older generation. Even if you don't have grandparents for your kids, like find surrogate grandparents, reach out to someone. We just recently talked about a surrogate grandparent Facebook page. Yes. I think I'm a member of it now because mm-hmm. I just wanted to follow oh, did them. You really? Okay. Yeah, and they match up people that might be in your neighborhood or your area that need grandparents. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's gran- neat. The yes. grandma who started it is she's, she did it because she's being cut off from her grandkids. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the circumstances, but uh, we certainly don't do it just because you don't get along. Because, you know, initially my mother in law and I didn't get along, and now we get along just fine. But she always spoiled the grandkids like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually loved my husband. So my mother in law, her mother, Nan. Oh my gosh, she was like what you always wanted in a grandma. And so growing up, my husband too would go over to her house every weekend when they would go out. They'd spend Saturday night with grandma, Nan, and she would make sick soup where she would take um, carrots, you know, and she'd peel them up real tiny and tell them it was cheese because they wouldn't eat, you know, the carrots. <laughs> she said it was cheese. And then my husband, who ended up being 6'6", six, six, he used to still do this thing to her even when we were like married where he would run and then he'd pretend to hit his, he'd slap like the, the stop sign yeah. and pretend he hit his head. He'd go, oh! <laughs> Oh, oh, she'd be like, oh, dear, oh, dear. I'm like, I said, man, he does it every time to you. Don't you know he's just messing with you? And they had little jokes. Like She'd be frying up those Pizzelle cookies. Um, she was Italian and Polish. She'd fry up those little Pizzelle cookies, and then he'd drop things in the oil, and she'd come back and be like, oh, goodness gracious, how did that get in the oil? Every time I turn there, I'm like, you're 30, Mark, really? Like, he was like, you know, when we first got married, I'm like, really? You're messing? He just, oh, they had little jokes Aww. together, and she would would send us five dollars in a card because then I became a grandkid. Five dollars in a card every holiday, Veterans Day, oh, Easter, yeah. Labor Day, mm-hmm. little card signed by her and with a five dollar bill oh. in there. And sometimes a five dollar check. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. she'd send her bingo money to my husband, which actually ended up being quite a bit over yeah, time. You can make yeah. a living. She would send her <laughs> bingo money. And I'd be like, what, what is this? He goes, oh, she sends her bingo money to me. Oh my How goodness. How cute is that? And then when they were little, she also, and I mean, he loved mm. her. And so his mom's just like this, by the way, to my kids. She had the closet present. And I'm like, what was the closet present? How exciting. So at Christmas, there'd be little presents, but Nan had the closet Mm -hmm. present. Mm -hmm. And so when you open the closet, there it'd be. And it might be like a bike or like these days, maybe it'd be a computer or a desk or like we got, we got, I liked, uh, we still use it, a whole set of Samsonite luggage that was our closet present. Wow. And so um, there's still a family feud because Colleen, the only girl, she got a dresser for her closet present. Oh, she ticked off. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, because she got a dresser and the boys got bikes. Really? A a dresser for my closet present? Yeah, the closet present's supposed to be special yeah. you know not like underwear one present under our tree my parents were getting a divorce and i got socks and i was so excited because it was under my it's from grandma it's gonna be good right socks i'm like really grandma socks but Harris. you remembered those socks oh, yeah see? yeah because i was bitter i was 12 <laughs> at 12 you want more than socks for That's christmas true. that was so lame all right so um the best things about being close to a grandparent uh, give us a couple more therapists Lisa. the and other then, one then i want to go around and talk about because three of you are grandparents the lessons you want to teach your grandkids That's a good one but you just talked about it like the food they're good cooks typically right oh, yeah mm-hmm. my mom is mm-hmm. and she teaches faith how to cook Faith see, loves great. sitting on the counter with her yeah she loves learning how and to i cook. think that's what we 
remember too our senses are so heightened you know so we remember smells and tastes and stuff especially when they are no longer here also um they're really good when we're sick right they know how to soup soup or what fixes a headache Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just a hug so or just sitting with you while you're sick Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mother-in-law is great with that with my son, just like mm-hmm. sitting with him. And she also like, you know, the, the wet towel and can I rub your feet? I'm like, oh, I got three jobs. I don't have time for this. You know what I mean? Like they have time to really yeah. love, you yes. know? Yeah. All right, Walt. So you just took care of three grandkids with your wife for 40 days. What are some of the things that you're hoping you will teach them or leave to them? Because my dad always says uh, we don't get tattoos in our family and we don't ride motorcycles. Like he's very... Very like, uh, and both of the grandparents have told the kids that, which I think is kind of interesting. It's funny. How about you, Walt? Well, I think the biggest thing I like to teach all of them, and I have two uh, grandsons. I had actually four grandsons and two uh, granddaughters, so they're whole different dynamics when they talk oh, boys yeah. and girls. Oh yeah. So with the, the boys, I try to help them understand responsibility a little bit. I mean, you can't teach a four-year-old responsibility. But you can you can show examples of things in your own life uh, that you're responsible for, like picking up your clothes or taking the trash out or getting next to your wife and doing the dishes with her or doing those things, helping them clean the table, Mm -hmm. not just say, okay, you clean the table, you you get alongside them and help them clean the table. Um, even the young one, uh, uh, he can't carry a plate without tilting it, of course. So you have to kind of say, well, you know. Go ahead. <laughs> right, right, I clean the mess up. Yeah. So, or, or like your grandmother said, you know, it's yours. Go for it. You know, yeah, you made the exactly. mess. Clean it up. So it's those little things I like to try to teach them: the um, responsibility and courtesy, respect. Respect, I, like I think, that. is last is is leaving quickly in our society as far as young yes, people. Lord. Responsibility, mm-hmm. courtesy, respect. I like that with, yeah. with our kids with sports, you know, when they, well, I'm tired, I don't really feel like going. No, you're part of a team. You're gonna let your team down, you're going. In fact, we can't go, I wanna go to YMCA, the Rockies. I'm like, could we miss one game? I said, my husband goes, no, we teach the kids. Mm. They're part of a team. You can't miss a game. Mm-hmm. So there that's you have that's it. That's teaching responsibility. Yeah. They're and responsible we, yeah. for a commitment to something. It's a commitment, absolutely. Right. commitment is something that we're so lacking as adults a lot of times even. Uh, they're not committed to uh, to a cause, to a belief. They they go with the flow. They're moved and swayed, and uh, it's hard. Uh, to, I understand uh, people have difficulties in life, but be committed to to a purpose and honor life. that commitment. All right, Robbie, what do you want to teach your grandkids? What are some things that are important to you as a Christian uh, grandma? I have uh, two stepdaughters, so I've and I they both have two little girls. So I have four, three, two, one stair oh, step wow. little girls, and um, their parents are are all very young and they're very busy and they're trying to make their way in life right so when i get around the girls i want to make sure that i totally focus on them Them. and they notice because all the adults are talking and stuff and things are going on or tv and i just i eye contact and i make sure they know i'm here for you grandma did they gravitate towards you because of that well they love me well who doesn't but they really love (laughs) me the last time because you know it's um they moved to two of them moved to colorado springs one of them two of them are in uh, california but the one in colorado springs We've been seeing a lot of them, and um, the last time we were with them, I mean, I made sure Natalie, the the three-year-old, I'm I'm here for you. And sure enough, at the very end, she comes up to me, and she says, Grandma, 
can I go home with you? Aww. I mean, I, you, I, you might as well give you me would. a million dollars. Yeah. And you would have taken her if, she, if her mom would have looked the other way. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. There would have been an Amber Alert woman in gray van. <laughs> that could be a new crime. Grandma capping. Kid, Grandma capping. Kidnapping. <laughs> Grandma kidnapping. It really is kidnapping. All right, uh, real quickly, Beatrice, uh, what are a couple of things you want to you know, make sure you instill in your grandkids? You know, there's one main thing that I want to instill in my grandkids. And that's that is to love yourself. Oh, I like that. Love yourself because life is going to be hard. People yeah. are not going to love you the way that your parents are or your grandparents. So love yourself first. Yeah, I like and that. then start thinking about other relationships and all that stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Love it. All right, therapist Lisa, give us your website. Lifesupportinstitute.com. She loves to work with teens. Walt Wilson. Privatepensionbydesign.com. Uh, He's got a, if you want to retire, um, meet with Walt. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, or sorry, save for retirement. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, <laughs> I'd like to retire right now. Yeah. Uh, Robbie. RobbieYopes.com. DrillSergeantOfLife.com. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. The summer fun continues in the majestic mountains at YMC of the Rockies in Estes Park and Snow Mountain Ranch. Some time away is just what you need to relax and rejuvenate. Both locations offer so many activities it's difficult to list them all. From guided hikes and archery to campfires and climbing wall, there's something for everyone at YMCA of the Rockies. This summer is still on your mind, but it's never too early to start planning your family reunion for next year. For more information and to plan your visit, go to ymcarockies.org. Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, she uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just 6 to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, on these workouts on Saturday at 8.30, man, we have a great time. And it literally is a 12-minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yeah, so come to North Glen. Saturdays, it's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors yep. through you. Yep. And it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally. And you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303 238 Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. 
Turn your next party into an event with Five Star Talent and Entertainment. For 15 years, Five Star Talent and Entertainment has provided top-notch performers for Colorado's most high-profile events. Five Star Talent is surprisingly affordable and easy to work with. From singers and bands to celebrity impersonators, magicians, buskers, and more, Five Star Talent has the entertainment your event needs. The Colorado Rockies, Ronald McDonald House, the NBA, the Cherry Creek Arts Festival, and hundreds more have raved about the entertainment provided by Five Star. Take your event to the next level and make it easy with Five Star Talent and Entertainment. Visit fivestaracts.com. And if you have a hidden talent, Five Star wants to hear from you. Turn your hidden talent into cash and have a great time doing it with Five Star Talent and Entertainment. Visit fivestaracts.com. That's a number five, staracts.com. Welcome back to the good news. You know, I love this job because so many of my friends uh, and people that I've met through 20 years in the TV and radio now news business refer good news stories to me. So one of the moms at my school said, Angie, um, you have to interview my friend Lenny Saunders. She wrote this beautiful book, Rescuing Ruby. And uh, of course, Lenny, when I get a, a recommendation from a friend that I love and respect, I have to do the interview. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Angie, for having me. Well, first of all, let's tell everyone what the book Rescuing Ruby is about. Uh, In June of 2011, my daughter and husband were leading a missions team in Africa, and they went to an orphanage that we'd been to many times before. And in the corner of the room, my daughter, who was about 18 at the time, found um, a little girl dying, emaciated, literally skin and bones. My husband's thumb matched her thigh. And uh, she was, it turns out, she was over a year old and she weighed just six pounds. I'm looking at a picture of her and it looks almost like she has already died in the picture. She is so thin, so tiny, so emaciated. It looks like she's moments away from dying. And that's your picture of your your daughter holding her, I take it. Yes, that's her. um, That's the first picture I ever saw of her. And so my daughter came running to my husband and said, Daddy, we have to do something. This one's dying. And so we have definitely a passion for the orphan. Um, That same daughter now is a missionary. She has a home for special needs orphans in uh, Uganda. And she has 27 kids in her care. And she started it. She founded it. And we just have a real heart for kids, for orphans, and particularly for special needs orphans. So um, this little girl... My husband started immediately with my daughter advocating for care for her and doing everything they could. He went to uh, ask the director if he could possibly take her for testing. We assumed from, uh, not that I was there, but they assumed that she had hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. As it turns out, she has a very rare form of it called multiloculated hydrocephalus, where most people with hydrocephalus have one place with water in the brain. Uh, Ruby has over 14. So in an, before long, the director asked if we would be willing to adopt her. And um, so it is literally Ruby's story getting out of Africa is one that only God could have written. It's an amazing story because he truly rescued her. And if anybody read the story, reads the story, they will definitely understand that like, whoa, only God got her out. And so, so Lenny, let's let's just take a step back when, you know, when they said, do you want to adopt this baby that is like, I mean, you don't even know if the baby will make it through the night. She's a year old. She weighs six pounds. You can tell that she's dying. Uh, and let's just take it back a moment because you have quite a few children. So how many kids do you have? How many adopted? How many biological? Well, actually, we're in the process. We just got our paperwork approved. We are in the process of adopting number 13 and 14. 
So you'll have 14 total or 14 adopted. 14 total and 11 of those are adopted. And our three births are just kind of mixed up in the pile. Got it. Mixed up in the pile. Okay. So at this point in time, uh, the the director says, do you think you'd consider adopting this baby that's a year old, weighs six pounds? And you're trying to figure out at this point, um, your daughter uh, holding the baby and and your husband, how to just get her to make it through the night. So then where do you go? Um, Well, we had to finish the paperwork on the American side. And I went back. It Actually, we prayed and prayed. And we were so, my husband did everything he could to pass the word along to people saying, if you, um, if you come in, please, because there's volunteers who will come regularly to, uh, you know, sporadically, but regularly to the orphanage and just pleading with them to pass the word along. This one needs extra care. And please, will you just see to it that you pass the word to the next person? So by God's grace, Ruby survived until I got there and it took about two and a half months to come back with the paperwork. So at that point, she was uh, she was still in very serious condition. I actually took her to a missionary hospital and she had her first brain surgery while I was there in Africa with her at the missionary hospital. Oh my goodness. All right. So um, now you're uh, you're faced with this situation of the adoption, but then you're trying to find out what's going on with Ruby and whether or not she can be saved, correct? True. Yes. Um, her situation was so tentative. The doctors, it's, she just has such a rare form and she had had, had brain infection after brain infection. She also has a quadriplegic cerebral palsy. They also had diagnosed her with cortical blindness. So she's, so she's blind and the uh, she's a quadriplegic, you said, so she can't walk or use her arms? Uh, well, she can move them, but she has like no, uh, every bit of care for her, it has to be done by us. So let's just go to the blunt honesty of this. If she's in this orphanage and they've got other kids to take care of, they it, it appears as though they may have been just letting her die. Well, yeah, I would say that would be probably a, f- the thing is, they. it's not that they don't care. It's right. just there's 40 other kids who are mobile two-year-olds and one-year-olds that they're chasing and taking care of there isn't that's why my daughter has the orphanage there because their special needs in many countries are thought to be children that are cursed so there is much abuse towards them and that that initiates right there a whole set of circumstances where um, like the kids that have in my daughter's home, many of them have been severely abused. Ruby herself was se- severely abused besides having the physical ailments because um, because of the cursings that are thought to be there. So it's a matter of really working with the mindset of people that kids with special needs are just genetic you know, um, complications that their value is immense to God, just as valuable as the Nobel Peace Prize winner. Their well, value. And I know that now you're in the midst of uh, adopting your 13th and 14th. So please know, do not worry about noise in the background. We understand you have a lot of kids, so do not have any anxiety or stress over that. We understand. So in terms of Ruby, you said that it was definitely God who got her out of the country. And um, so how is she doing now? What's going on? Obviously, Rescuing Ruby ended up in a a book, but you've rescued numerous children. So let's first start with how Ruby's doing and how you got her out of the country and adopted her. Well, she um, there, it was just the the story after story of complications and serious circumstances. But God just was able to um, forge through as he always does because he's so, so faithful. And I think the thing that with bringing Ruby home, like before, not even three weeks before our Emma found Ruby, I was on the phone with somebody and they happened to just pose the question, if if somebody came to you with a baby right now, what would you say? Would you, would you want to adopt a baby? And at that point, um, I was 
53, my husband was 57, and I just said, ah, oh, no, I think my baby days are pretty over. I'd pass it along, you know, to someone who was younger. We love toddlers and up, and here before long, in three weeks, I was literally begging God that he would allow us to be the ones who would bring her home. And it was not, initially, the director did not ask my husband. He, she just, um, it, he had come back to the States. He landed, and that's when she asked him um, through an email if he would be willing to, if we would be willing to adopt her. So um, so here I was begging God to, and we just consider her, Angie, the greatest thrill in the whole world to this couple who are clearly should be empty nesting. We are enamored with this little one. So the thing is, when in Uganda, um, they saw that she was, uh, her health was very complicated. They actually, they had said to the director after my husband had left and re was returning to the country be prior to the email asking if we wanted to adopt her. They had said that there was no point in feeding her. Doctors had looked at the scans that my husband had taken her for and said there was no point that she would never do anything. So the reason they said that was because, which I, um, tell in the book is that in her MRI, there is no brain visible at all. Really? And so, um, there is, uh, there is little hope medically speaking for kids with no brain visible, except we have a huge God who loves the orphan as much as he loves anyone else. And he yeah. loves the broken bodied orphan as much as he loves anyone else. Mm -hmm. And it's clear with how God has moved on Ruby's life. So that little one who was told she would never do anything, she can say four words, she can sign four words, and she hums over 30 songs. Oh my goodness. That's if we, we watched The Sound of Music for the first time, we hadn't watched it in years. We happened to put it on. She loves music. We watched it one time. We have no soundtrack for it or anything. We watched it one time. About two hours after it was ended, she was humming, you are 16 going on 17. I mean, like she'd heard it one time. That is a testimony to what God can do because he loves the orphan. He loves, he longs for the orphan to be in families. God's word says in Psalm 68, 6, he sets the lonely in families. And Ruby just needed somebody who'd say, I, I want you. And look what God has done. And he'll do that for, all, for others all across the world. That's his heart. His heart is for the orphan. We're orphanless until we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. So Ruby was diagnosed with cortical blindness. Well, guess what? That little girl is no longer has cortical blindness. Oh, it is a medical miracle, not to mention the 30 songs. Her neurosurgeon here, she's had four more brain surgeries. She's had a total of five now. Her neurosurgeon here is in awe of what God has done. There is no explanation other than God. For her to be able to hum with no brain visible, for her to now see, she sees she does not have 20-20 vision. She has low vision, but she will reach for anything. She, she'll she grab a toy. She she is amazing, absolutely amazing. And then her body, that's you still she still has to have 24-hour care, but she can roll. She raises up. Oh, she squeals. She loves being people. She loves people. One of her favorite things is friends, and she signs mm -hmm. friends. We will, her, I'm serious, every bit of her life. She is the UCP ambassador. So if you're in central Arizona and you go into a um, Circle K, you will see Ruby's picture there. And I just think, who would have ever guessed when she was abandoned, dying in a garden in Uganda, that one day she would be a UCP ambassador who spreads the hope that only comes in Jesus Christ around? Like, who who would ever guess? Yeah, no one, except pretty... 
Unbelievable. Well, and you obviously have an unbelievable heart for children. You mentioned being in your 50s. How old is Ruby now? She is five. And okay. she can, she will hold up her finger hands. If you ask her how old, she, she'll hand her, hold up her whole hand. <laughs> she's five. So. To show you that she's five. Okay, so let's talk about, um, you know, I know your daughter, Emma, obviously has a heart for children as well because she has her own orphanage now that she, uh, uh, you know, helps children herself. Um, let's talk about where this started with you and your husband. I know you're both involved in ministry. And then I want to talk a little bit more about Emma. If you're just joining us, uh, we're speaking with uh, Lenny Saunders about her book, Rescuing Ruby, um, Finding Ruby, um, weighing just six pounds at the age of a year, basically not even going to make it through the night. And their daughter, who was 18 at the time, uh, said, Dad, we've got to save this one in the corner. You know, she's dying. And now she's one of your uh, 14 children. You're in the midst of adopting your 13th and 14th. So when did the adoption start? How did the Lord call you and lead you in into the you know uh, world of adoption? Well, as a little girl, believe it or not, um, I had one doll, and it was a black doll, and um, and it was uh, my grandma had bought it for me when I was two, and I just believe that even those kinds of things, God is beginning to prepare people's hearts. We never know the influence it will have, and all I ever wanted from the time I was little was a very um, multinational family. That's just was my dream. When I was about seven, I used to dream about having a little boy um, from the from Asia. So when my husband and I were married, he um, we actually began an adoption. I got pregnant subsequently after, which was um, not really. I mean, we were we were thrilled, but um, so anyway, the first as soon as I had that little one. Um, we went back to our adoption. And so our first one that we adopted is was 30 years ago. And it was a boy from Korea. So we've been adopting for 30 years. And um, so, and we have seven grandchildren. Our oldest five are married and we have seven grandchildren. And of our seven grandchildren, three of them are adopted. Well, I'm looking at a picture of your family because I went onto your Facebook page as well. And I can't believe Ruby's like got chubby cheeks now. I know. I know. She totally has chubby cheeks. She um she does not look like the same baby at all. And in that picture on my Facebook profile or my cover photo, she's leaning over. That's her way of saying like I'm really bored. Can we do something else? <laughs> totally. Like seriously, can you picture it? Like just- Yes. So anyway, um, no, Ruby is, she has friends around the world. I have a blog that's quite popular and literally people around the world love Ruby and they have prayed her into the healing that she has through, through Christ. Well, I love what you put on the picture with all the kids and like stair steps down. It says, before you ask, we are their mom and dad. They're all ours and they're all real brothers and sisters and they're, you know, multicultural, multinational, as you put it. Yes. Yes. Uh, so from all over the world. And let's talk about, obviously, this had an impact on uh, your own children, your three biological children out of the 14 kids you have. And daughter Emma, let's talk about what she's doing now. Well, it's kind of funny. The three adopted kids we have are, uh, I mean, three adopted grandchildren, which we call them grand treasures. The three adopted are have been adopted by our kids that are bio. So to me, that's clearly says because I think sometimes people have this weird idea that like oh I wouldn't want to like cause my kids to have a problem or whatever with you know and it's like no you open your heart the way God intends us to really live and he just does miraculous things across the board our oldest daughter is birthed and she has two kids um two little black boys who are absolutely adorable, one from Uganda and one from the States. And then she has a blonde haired kid in the middle. 
<laughs> and um, so anyway, and then uh, Emma also is in the process of adopting a little boy from Uganda. And so the ones like the the oldest boy we have, they're intending to adopt from the Philippines. He's uh, he was the one adopted from Korea, and his, he's married to a Filipino girl. And their heart is to adopt from the Philippines because that's where she's from. And so um, every one of our kids intends to adopt. So far, everyone oh intends to adopt. So I think we're going to have that one of the coolest looking family pictures ever. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. So, so what what happens, though, when like, okay, so there might have been some instances at Ruby, for instance, where maybe you're called to adopt, you know, a child, and it's not easy. It's not, and you're going to have challenges. It's going to be complicated, lots of surgeries, medical issues. Um, even you said initially, because you were in your 50s and so was your husband, that you weren't interested at on your own in adopting a baby. So when God calls you to do things that are, that are really difficult, as he sometimes does, I, I think um, to the scripture about how God calls you to, you know, that Jesus said to the crowd, uh, basically, you know, to we need to pick up our cross and uh, follow him and deny ourselves um, and p- pick up our cross daily. And to me, that's sacrifice. But a lot of us are like, ah, that cross is heavy. I don't want to deny myself, you know, me first. And so obviously you guys have um, denied yourselves and picked up your cross daily, but it's not easy. So what do you do when you feel like God's calling you to do something and you're like, that's super tough? Well, I think the thing, it's all perspective. Because I think that when God calls us, he calls us because it's for our best. Mm-hmm. And so if we look at it as like, this is for our best, like, I, I, I don't know, I look totally the other way, the uh, the opposite side, where it really is just for our best. And so um, it was never an issue. I, I'm telling you, we were begging God to allow her to come home to us. So it wasn't a matter of when he called us. It was like, yeah, we couldn't wait because we just saw her as, I don't know, a treasure of treasures. And that's why we named her Ruby. We think she's a precious gem from the heart of God. Wait, but hold on. Hey, had she been named already? No, 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 no. Her name was totally different at your family. Okay, okay. So we named her Ruby. Just like the little, one of the two that we're bringing home, we're bringing home a 13-year-old boy in a wheelchair. He's about to age out in China. He's been praying for a family. He accepted Christ years ago, and he's been praying for a family. He ages out May 4th on his Wait, fourth- what do you mean ages out? He can no longer be adopted. When a child in China reaches 14, they can no longer be adopted. And so he has told people he knows God's heard his prayer and he is going to answer. And here um, they just changed China, changed the regulations last January. And um, and so anyway, um, that was just the best news to us. The regulations were that we were too old before, but now we're not. And so we're bringing home this handsome 13 year old. And um, he just found out about two weeks ago that he has a family coming and we were privy to the pictures of him seeing us for the first time in in pictures. And um, the joy on his face is incredible, absolutely incredible. And um, so anyway, he's in a wheelchair. So we'll have two in wheelchairs. And then we, the little, um, the other one we found recently, she is a three-year-old with heart disease and Down syndrome. And so we named her Pearl because we think every ruby needs a pearl. Oh, that's we'll so have two little, two little gems um, who will we call them lifers. We have another daughter who also is a lifer. And, you know, we just don't really ever want to be empty nesters. We think that regardless how life takes whatever bumps and turns it takes, we want our home always filled with with kids who have needs because really each of us just have a need. We just have a need to belong. Yeah. 
I love that, Lenny Saunders. No wonder my friend Brianne, who attended your husband's church at one time, thought you guys would be a fantastic interview. I'd love to have you back on the good news, Lenny. I want to make sure people can find Rescuing Ruby and find out more about you and your family. So where do they go for more info? Um, Well, actually, um, Rescuing Ruby is on Amazon. It's available both in... uh book form and Kindle. And, um, and then also they can find me, um, at the blog I write, which is place called simplicity.com, which is kind of funny. Cause there's the, my, my husband jokes, the only thing simple about our lives is the name of the blog. But anyway, <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> we say we, my, my motto is living simply to please Jesus by simply loving one another. Well, I'm telling you, Lenny, your your life will never be simple, but looking forward to following you and having you back on the show again. What a blessing to have you on Lenny Saunders Rescuing Ruby. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you so much. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. The greatest need for the fall season is for mentors and interns. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shine. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. When going to a chiropractor, you may be thinking that they won't be able to help you for the long term. However, Dr. Joe Arve at Maximize Living will change your mind. The moment you meet him, you will find that he is your best friend. He treats you like you are part of his family, and he truly cares about you and your health. He is very knowledgeable about long-term health and wellness. Through the use of spinal correction, he helps you discover what it takes to be a healthier you and will help you feel better even after your first adjustment. He will also share with you the essentials to healthy living so you can take your health back. No matter what stage of life you're in, he will help you develop a plan to achieve the goals you set. Get ready to make a positive change in your life. Give him a call at 303-457-8080. 
303-457-8080 or spinegeek.com. Maximize living. Adjustments for life. Welcome back to the good news. Oh, my friend Frances Owens is here, former First Lady of Colorado, and she's brought along Shelly Gonzalez, the spokeswoman for Pi Consulting and Engineering. There is the coolest event this weekend. If you have kids, you have to go. Kids 12 and under are free. And it is a fundraiser for the Anchor Center for Blind Children. And that is your new cause, Frances Owens. Arc still I was at the event you, you were at you know, Arc for we ages at, we just went yep, to the Arc last Gala. Saturday but this one is a little more personal to me in that I have a brother who's blind and it just kind of happened and fell in my lap and it's 15 minutes from my house and I love it we have children there uh, that are visually impaired several of them have um multiple disabilities but their age birth through age five and what our teachers do uh, we have a huge transdisciplinary group of experts that work with these children from eye physicians to teachers um, to therapists and they prepare them for the public school system. Oh, it's wonderful. It really these is. kids are so cute and sweet. And <laughs> so we're darling. doing this fundraiser this weekend. So yes. tell us about it and how Shelly is involved. Because it involves pie and jumpy castles and the most amazing right. band. Well, let me let... Uh, Shelly kick in and tell them because you've been involved for six years this is the sixth year that pie consulting is doing this they are kind of our lead sponsor and amazing and of course with their name pie everything is about pie Pie. so we'll be eating pie there but there's tons of kids and there's free pie oh who doesn't like free pie there's a pie walk yes instead of a cake walk throughout the day we have demonstrations face painting for the kids but one of the hallmarks this year is the band Soul X, which they're amazing. A lot of people know around here. They have a huge following, amazing uh, soul, contemporary music, and it's just a big fun event. And all the proceeds go directly to the Anchor Center for Blind Children. Pi Consulting and Engineering is based in Arvada, but we are, we operate globally. We're an engineering company, and this really is our hallmark event. event. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We we well, do a lot of charity work, but this really is kind of the, our our big pie in the sky charity yeah. event. Well, and a lot of <laughs> events I go to, the tickets are $150, $200. Oh, the yeah. tickets are for adults, $10. Right. And then for kids 12 and under, it's free. It's free. free. And that my kids, they want to do the Zorb balls. They're like the hamster yep. balls. There's yep. a jumpy castle. Of course, the free pie and all kinds of activities. And then, of course, the music with Solex. So yep. I think it's a really great it event really for is. families to support yep. the Acre Center for Blind Children. So Shelly and Francis, where do they go for information if they want to get tickets and come to the event? Uh, they can go to the website website www that's hard to say dot anchorcenter.org um, just go on our website there's a link where you can automatically um, register and again it's ten dollars for a per for adults and children under 12 are free we have uh, this year brand new a beer garden so I think beer is going to be like 350 it. it's very 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 reasonable pizza is like a dollar a slice oh, so people can eat they too, can like eat it. oh absolutely wow. yeah if we have it's quite a big and event we have and it's at the ice Anchor cream Center. little man ice cream is bringing ice cream oh, really they're Men my cheese is bringing uh, yogurt uh, PepsiCo has donated uh, drinks it's just a fun fun family event and it's actually at the Anchor 
Center. It is. It is. And Shelly, why is it so important for your company to give back like this and be the lead sponsor on this event? By the way, it's a charity event, like Cherry Pie. Charity. Uh, charity. C-H-E-R-R-I-T-Y. <laughs> Don't you love yes, that? I do. It's cute. I love it. Yeah, we've been... Um, Pi is a very family-oriented company, and we really spend a lot of time as a company doing group charity events. I love um, that. I mean, it, it really is. I've worked for a lot of companies over the years, and I really have never seen a company so committed from leadership on down. Um, one of the things I do want to mention is part of the, the big fundraiser here is a silent auction. Ah. And we have absolutely amazing items we up do. for auction. Um, Denver sports fans, we have 12 uh, prints uh, uh, signed by Drew Litt cartoonist Drew Litton, sports ca cartoonist. Well, and so that's a great way to donate, too, because you can bid on these uh, auction items. I just did it over yep. the weekend, and yep. oh, did I get a fabulous purse. So I love the silent auctions. It's a way to give. It's shopping with a purpose. It absolutely All right, uh, Shelly Gonzalez, spokeswoman for Pi Consulting and Engineering, and Francis Owens uh, with Anchor Center for Blind Children. Uh, check out the event, and you can always ask me. If you hear anyone on the show, um, you can call, email me angieaustinradio.com go there and get in touch thank you both so much thank you angie thank you. you are amazing we appreciate you so much thank you. thanks for listening to the good news with angie austin find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com